Welcome to episode 16 of the Baking with House of Bread podcast. I am your host, Sheila McCann. Today, we're going to talk about the cranberry orange walnut, the quick bread. And what it is, it's sort of a zestier pound cake, and it's got some intriguing citrus and cranberry taste. Now, we do have a cranberry orange yeasted version that I'm going to talk about in the next episode. And both versions are huge hits during the holidays. So in quick breads, there's no yeast. Thus, there's no rising time, hence the name quick bread. And the quick breads vary from the yeasted versions, not only in the rising time, but also with the mixing techniques. So in yeasted breads, you have to knead extensively to get that good gluten development in order to get a strong loaf of bread that's not going to crumble on you. The quick breads, muffins, scones, cookies, cakes, etc., anything that doesn't have yeast basically, are all items you do not want to develop the gluten strands because what it does is it toughens up your product. And so we want fluffy, moist quick breads rather than a strong texture in the uh, in these products. And the two key components in getting a great quick bread is one is to barely mix the batter. And so that that is a stage when you add the wets and you add the dries and then you mix them. So you just want to mix it until it's incorporated and stop. And the other thing is, is you want to start with a low protein or low gluten flour. And the other difference is quick breads are less temperature sensitive. Thus, it really doesn't matter the temperature of the liquids or the eggs. And the leavening agents work the same, unlike a yeasted bread, which performs differently in cold and hot environments. Um, I will tell you that in the quick breads, um, you have to measure accurately. And so in doughs, quite frankly, as um, we don't we don't really weigh out our flour. We don't measure or weigh it out. We just sort of get an idea of what it is and put it in there because it goes by feel. And but quick breads, there's it's not a it's not about feeling the dough. So you want to really make sure you're accurate in your measurements. Okay, so to avoid the overmixing of the batter, what you want to do is completely mix the dries, your flour, your baking powders, baking soda, and salt, um, and then get a separate container, and that's where you're going to mix your wets. And I actually like to use a pitcher for the wets because it's easier, and I use a whip. So I usually use a wire whip and get that in the pitcher, and then it's just easier to pull, pour it in with the dries. And if it's got sugar, it doesn't really matter. You can put it in either one. Um, the white sugar doesn't clump like brown sugar, so you can put it in either container. So I generally put it in with the dries just because it's, um, it's easier to mix in there. And sometimes my pitchers aren't big enough to hold it all. And you can also use a mixing mixer as well. And so um, you would use your paddle attachment, okay? So the, the dough hooks are for yeasted versions of breads. Um, and this is a batter, and so that's why it, or it calls a candy paddle. Um, and so that's what would, you would use on the mix for this one. Um, and anyway, so it's the same concept, right? So you put it in your dries, you mix it. And by the way, you don't have to worry about overmixing. In fact, you really want to mix your dries thoroughly. So because there's, you're not going to develop any gluten um, at that stage because it needs to have something wet added to it to, to activate your leavening agent. Um, and then you just mix your wets in a pitcher or whatever and put it in there. And then that's when you barely incorpor incorporate them there. 
Okay, so the second key component to a good texture in quick breads is to use um, pastry flour or all-purpose flour. And, and you can also use cake flour. So any of those three will work. All are low in gluten and you just want to avoid your bread flour. And I discussed this in much more depth in episode one. But let's say that you live in the country and all you got is bread flour. Just use it. Um, you just got to be more mindful about um, not over mixing it because it, it's it's it sets you up with a higher gluten, so it's going to develop gluten more so readily, faster. And so, um, yeah. But I mean, we've to tell you the truth, we've ran out of um, pastry flour in the bakery, and then we'll use bread flour. Um, but I have to really remind the baker: just don't over mix it. Um, when the wets and dries are together and you can, and it, it, there is a difference, but it's not like I, it's not insurmountable. So it's just something that's a little more challenging working with bread flowers. Okay. So, um, in a bowl, you put your three and a half cups of your flour pastry or all purpose flour is preferred. Um, and then you add in two and a quarter cups of your white sugar. It's granulated. Half a teaspoon of salt, doesn't really matter. Any type of salt, just not the big chunky salts. And then half a teaspoon of baking soda and two and a quarter teaspoons of baking powder. Okay, and now you're gonna use, the, add the zest of one lemon. And so what lemon zest, it's basically, it's that oil rich outer skin of the lemon. And these essential oils in the zest, that's what's extremely flavorful. And that's why in um, many recipes, it'll, it'll have the zest in addition to orange juice or lemon juice or lemon essence. And so the process of removing lemon zest is known as zesting. So I have a lemon tree at home. So we use a lot of fresh lemons in the bakery, but I have dried lemon zest as backup. So we make lemon bread every week. And then during the holidays, there's a lot more lemon used in the breads for December and also in November. Um, but I have to actually, <laughs> sometimes I have to hide that lemon zest because um, the bakers don't really like doing it. I mean, it nobody really becomes a baker because they want to zest citrus fruit. Um, it's kind of tedious work. It, it's almost like, let's say you're peeling the potatoes. I mean, think how long it takes you to peel the potatoes. Same thing with these things, but you're, you're zesting it. Um, Anyway, it's really not that hard. It's just a little tedious. So uh, all kitchen supply stores sell the zesting tool. And um, it looks kind of like a ruler. It's about an inch wide. It's kind of like a cheese grating thing there. And then it's got a handle. And so you just go around your citrus fruit and um, zest it. And I'll put a link in the show notes for a, an example of one on Amazon to give you an idea of what it looks like. Um, but you don't have to go out and buy that tool. And um, you can also use a cheese grater. Or if you got a vegetable peeler, you can peel the outside of the piece of fruit. Um, just avoid that white part underneath there um, because that, that's kind of bitter. Um, or all you got is a sharp knife, then fine, that'll work. Okay, so what you want to do is just, just remove that thin strip of peel on the outside and then just top, top that peel up into small pieces. So think of it like how you would chop up a garlic clove. Right. So garlic is strong and you don't want to and you want need to chop it up more finely. And and so it should be pretty small. So about the size of think of it like half the size of a sunflower kernel. 
And that way it'll evenly disperse throughout your batter. Now, if you want to buy the lemon zest, you can buy some from Rocky Mountain Spice Company. And I'll include a link in the show notes for how to find them. And it, it'll last a long time. And so if you, it's cheaper to buy in bulk. So if you want to buy a lot, um, so we leave ours on a counter and it'll last like, you know, for over a year and then, or you can freeze it too. And, and so what, if a recipe calls for like one lemon or one orange, then it's basically one tablespoon of zest. And, and if you've got lemons are in season, you want to zest a bunch in advance and you can save that citrus zest in the freezer. So, but to prevent it from being watery once it's thawed, microwave it before freezing it for about 30 seconds on maybe on some wax paper and let it sit for about an hour or until it's dry. And then you could freeze it in a, in a whatever container you want to use for the freezer. Okay, so uh, mix together in a mixing bowl until thoroughly combined. And then you take a separate bowl and you combine the following ingredients. And that's four eggs, doesn't matter the temperature of eggs and quick reds. One cup and two tablespoons of buttermilk. Again, temperature doesn't matter in quick breads. Um, so then you add your three, four quarters cup of canola oil. If you don't have canola oil, you can use vegetable oil. Um, if you don't have vegetable oil, you can use olive oil, but I'm not a huge fan of olive oil because um, it does have a taste to it, but it's kind of a small amount in this recipe, so it's not that big of a deal. Okay, so then you add a quarter cup of orange juice and one tablespoon of orange extract. And um, if you don't have orange extract and you have lemon, you can use that. Okay, and then one cup of fresh or frozen cranberries. And you also could use dried cranberries. Just want to hydrate them first. And, um, and then a quarter cup of walnuts. So you combine the wets and dries together. And then you scoop into um, either you can use baking pans. You can also make muffins out of this recipe too. So just remember to spray really well, and then you want to put in about two thirds full in whatever baking container you use, um, because there it does grow in the oven. It's not going to spring up like uh, like you're used to varieties, but it will rise. Okay, so then this recipe, if you want to do, um, it, it's like two quick breads is what you're going to get. So think of two standard size quick breads as, as a yield. But like I said, you could make half into muffins. Um, and what you want to do is we like to garnish it on top with walnuts. It just kind of looks prettier. And you bake the loaves at about 350 degrees for about 50 to 75 minutes or so. And I know that's a big range, but I don't really know how big your pans are. And also ovens bake products differently. So start always, if, it's, if a recipe says 50 to 75 minutes, start at 50 minutes and then check and see if it's done because you can always bake longer. You can't bake less. And for muffins, since they're smaller, they're going to bake quicker on you. So set the timer for maybe about 30 minutes and just add time as needed. Okay, so how you tell if these guys are done? And you, well, I mean, after a while, you can kind of tell by looking at them. Quite frankly, I can open up the oven door when I see it and I can tell if it's done. Um, and so what... It, it, but if you touch it, so if you touch the top of it um, in the middle, right? Things get underbaked in the middle. So in the middle at the top, if you push down on the top and it's super soft, then chances are it's not done. If it's firm and it kind of springs back to you, then it's done. And the other way you can tell is just take a toothpick or like a coffee stir stick, something that's wooden. 
just poke it in the middle. If it comes out clean, then you're good to go. Now, if some batter comes out with it, so then you know you got to put it back in the oven for a while. Okay, so for this loaf, um, we do frost most of them in the bakery because, um, well, quite frankly, people like frosting and it sells better. So, um, so we, we frost about 90% of them. Um, and it's just basically orange juice and powdered sugar until you get the consistency of about a pancake batter. Um, or you can also do like a, what's called a bath and make it thinner and you just put your loaves completely in that bath of powdered sugar and orange juice. Or you can make it super thick, so it's kind of like a thicker frosting, and then kind of spread it with a, like a knife on top. Okay, so in the next episode, I'm going to discuss a yeasted version of cranberry orange burst. Um, both are great for the holidays, um, and I know we're kind of in a strange time in this world with the COVID-19 situation. And I really hope that baking and consuming of your natural baked goods with your family will lift your spirits for you and your loved ones. Okay, so until next time, everybody, happy baking.